Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming sermons. In Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to go back there. Last week it was happy wife. This morning we're going to hit happy husband. Can I get an amen from the men? Hopefully you did your job this week in making her happy so that she will take notes and apply that this morning. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Notice that. I want to start here because notice it's submitting to one another. Because this next part I'm going to get into really narrows it down, and sometimes the guys forget this verse right here of submitting to one another, that it's mutual. It goes on to say, wives, submit to your own husbands. I always love that, how he puts own in there, not someone else's. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Can I get an amen right there? That was smart. Man, I didn't get one. Y'all are on top of it. That's good. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I want to skip to verse 33. We're going to wrap it up, really, this whole thought. It says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. That's key. Happy husband. Are you ready, men? This is for you. Happy, happy husband. When we read this, and and you might have grew up in a culture where these verses were abused, where it was wives submit to your husbands and just ah, submit. And it can have such a bad little um, just thought behind it. And I want to just just set a little record straight of really what this is because it's not what we think of totally. It, it's really not. Uh, when we think submission in the world, we think bad. I mean, there's nothing good about submission. Whenever you think of it in our culture, there's nothing good that takes place when we hear submission. But how God intended it, and this is the right right phrase of what Paul's using, how God intended it, you've really got to break down the word to just really get a clear understanding of what it really means in the relationship that, that Paul's describing, that Christ is describing too. If you just look at the word submission and you just break it down, you'll get a better understanding. If you look at the the prefix, you get sub. Sub is is to come under. 
something. That, that's, that's what it means to come under. A submarine is what? An underwater marine craft. It, it, it's, it's because it comes under the water. A submarine goes, goes under. So when you look at now on the same context, submission is to come under the mission of your husband. Why would you come under the mission of your husband? Because Christ has put him as the head of the house. So, so you can't have two con- conflicting. So what you need to do is you come under the mission, under the dreams, under the, under the vision, under the mission. Uh, but, Christ, but, but Paul said, look, you've also got to submit one to another. So it's coming under, under each other's and it's raising one another up. That is what this looks like. It's not this, I'm ruling over you, and you have to do what I say, and this is what, what, what we tend to think of as submission. That's not what anything at all what the Bible is talking about in submitting one to another. What he's talking about is to come under the mission so that you fulfill the mission that he has for you. What he has for your home, what he has for your life. So, so that is what he's saying when it's coming uh, Submit to your, to your husband. Submit one to another. Well, last week when I talked about the happy, happy wife, I, I gave you three needs that the wife has that, that really men that only you as her husband can meet those needs. She needs you to meet those needs. This morning as I talk on... on um, happy husband, I've narrowed it down to 40 needs that a man has that <laughs> we're going to be here a while. No, no I'll, I'll be nice. Three needs. Well, let's go back to that. Three needs that a man has that can only be fulfilled by his wife. And it's your job to, to do that. And let me give you the first need, and, 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 and I'm going to read this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I'm going to read it out of the, new, um, out of the Good News translation. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to live alone. Isn't that the truth? Oh my goodness. They, they, you, you give them alone too much, they can't dress right, they can't, I mean, it's, it's not good. I don't know what Adam was doing, but I mean, you think of this really, I mean, just before, let's just stop right there, because this is a typical man. God's creating all of creation every day, whenever he creates something, he says, that's good. What I did, that's good, that's good. He creates man, and he goes, that's not right. There's something missing here. This guy's just not got it together. This is the first time that God said in creation, uh, that's not good. It's not good for man to live alone. So here's what he said. He said, I will make a suitable companion to help him. And ladies, if you're taking notes, please do so. This will help your men out. 
here's, 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 here's a need that your man has to have uh, that only you can meet, and it's, it's this, it's companionship. You were created to be a companion. And, and, and let's put it this way, to think of it in these terms, when, when I say companionship, look at it more this way, look at it as a playmate, because that's how guys are. It, it really is. I don't know if you know something about men, but, but men love to have fun. Come on, can I get an amen from the men? Men love to have fun. Men love to joke around. Men love to do things. Men love to have, have activities. Men love to just, to, just, to just play. We really do. I mean, I mean, whenever, have you ever been at, at Thanksgiving and everybody's together and you got all the kids in this room with the guys and then all of a sudden the kids are doing something just crazy? You walk in there and the men are the kids are just, I mean, they're 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 fighting each other or they're deciding who can jump the highest. And, and, and the guys are just sitting back there because they're supposed to watch them. I promise you, when you walk in the room and the kids are doing something crazy, it's the guys who put them up to it. Because men like to have fun. The men were just saying, Why well, I bet, let's see if you can jump over that head of that one. You know, I mean, it's the guys who, who come up with that stuff. We get on the kids, but it's the men because men love to have fun. Why do you think the first thing we get excited about when our kids are getting a little bit older and we're, we're buying Christmas presents that we can't wait until, until we're buying them a remote control car because we want to play with it? I better try it out first. Make sure it works. Run the batteries out trying it out. Or the game system. Because we want to play. Guys love to have fun. We love to do activities. We love to, to have fun in those ways. Um, so, so, but, but can I just tell you, he would rather have fun with you ladies. He would. He would rather do something fun with you. He would rather do some activities with you. Uh, when a guy, guy wants to do something, what does he do? He's going, he's going out with the guys. They're not going out together and just talking. Guys don't do that. We're, we're going out together and we're playing basketball or we're playing golf or we're playing, playing, playing hunting, fishing. I mean, we're doing something together because guys like to have fun. But back at it, ladies, he would love to have fun with you. He would love to find an activity and do something fun with you. So, so here's my advice to you. Listen, listen. Find something fun that you both like to do and do it with him. By the way, shopping isn't fun. <laughs> Say, well, he's coming. No, it's not fun. That, that's not the activity I'm talking about. I mean, we know the differences between men and women, and they're different. And last week when I, when I was sharing needs that, that a lady has, the, the one I shared with you, the first one was communication. It's vital for a woman to, to have the communication 
with her husband because what it does to, to a lady when there is communication, uh, there's a connection. This is the same way. The man's need to experience something with you is the way he connects. Guys do not connect through communication. We're made different. We don't. We're shallow, if you will. We don't connect through communication. Let, and I'll tell you just, just a little proof of it. I mean, uh, a guy can have a best friend. He can have a best friend for years and years and not know his middle name. It never came up. I wasn't going to ask. He wasn't going to offer because that wasn't important stuff. You might not even know how many kids he has or if he's married. Because you probably don't know where he works unless it just comes up. They're not close friends or best friends because of communication. They're best friends because they experience life together. They've done something together. They, they, they've had, whether, whether it is fishing buddies that they never even talked to, but they're close, and they become loyal to that man, uh, that, that friend of theirs, because of experiences that they've encountered. So ladies, if you want your husband to connect with you, then you do something with him. He needs to have some experiences together. He needs to have some, some things. He needs to, to have those, those activities that you are doing life together. And here's the wonderful thing. I'll tell you what. When a guy is most talkative is right after he's had some experience with you. While he's having an experience with you, that is the time when a guy is going to be most talkative. So if you want the connection to happen for you where it's communicating together, then you do something fun with him. You ladies are thinking, man, you guys are shallow. Seriously? That's how we are? So, so, so do life together. Have an experience with them The next, number two, if you're taking notes, guys are getting ready to lean in. The number two need I'm going to share with you is, is sex. All the guys just start, yeah, now. <laughs> I hear you. You are like leaning in on this one. No, you're, some of you are like scared to, like it's a trap. Oh, sex. I know it doesn't get talked about in the church. And, and if it does get talked about, what it does get talked about is just saying it's wrong. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. It's, uh, it's evil. It's awful. Avoid it at all costs. And then you get married and it's like, okay, you can do it. It's not evil. It is, but, but it is a gift from God to a couple in marriage. That's a wonderful thing. So, 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 and it is a huge need 
we're a man. And, and, and ladies, I, I don't know if you, you realize that, that as great as your need is to communicate and bond and, and, and that, it, this is the same way. This is a need that your husband has. Now, I don't know why God didn't make us um, make those needs the same. He really didn't when he created us. They, they, they're not on the same level. We we look at and studies and, and everything and surveys of men. They'll put this need as their number two need in a in a relationship in their in their marriage. That sex is their number two need. You survey ladies, it's around twelve. Shopping's ten. It's just not the same level. But you've got to understand, ladies, this is a need. And and here's the thing. It can only be legitimately met through you. And here's one of the problems is that we tend to hear each other's needs by the way we need them. So, so as, as an example, and there's a need that a lady has. Guys, here's a bonus one for you. Need that a lady has that's, that's different is, is a lady's need that's high for her is to have um, just non-sexual contact. Um, cuddling, for instance, or something. Like, I mean, that's a high need for, for, for a wife. She needs to be able to know... Um, I can hold you, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're that that's leading to something. That's a high need for a wife. But because we tend to hear each other's needs from our level, what happens is is a guy will say, "Hey, honey, I need you," and she thinks oh, he needs a hug. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's needing. In the same way, a lady, uh, the wife will say, honey, I, I just need a hug. And he's thinking, she's coming on to me. <laughs> and who could resist her? I mean, I look good today. We tend to hear each other on our, on our needs. And the problem is within a lot of marriages, this need, it really isn't being met. In fact, worse than that, we try and some marriages will use it as a tool for revenge or, you know, something where it's we, we hold out or I'm not giving you that. And this, you know, I mean, because we know where those we use it as leverage and that never was intended to be. You can destroy marriages that way. And this isn't, this isn't something to play with. This is a tool that needs to be met, and it can only be met by your wife. And guys, I just want to speak to you a little bit right now. And um, whether or not that needs being met or not, listen, it doesn't give you the right to have it try and be met in an impure way. Guys, don't fall for that. This cannot be met any other way. 
than in the marriage. And Satan will try and tell you that you're not getting this need met, so you need to try and look another way to get it met. And that's why in, in, in surveys done just recently, it showed that, that among Christian, listen, Christian married men, so know the survey, we're, we're, among Christian married men, 68% admit to looking at pornography monthly. That's crazy. 68%. 35%, and this is back, Christian married men admit to having an extramarital affair, sexual affair, while married. And this is just a lie of Satan that he's just using even in the church because of this need and because it is a legitimate need. But just because it's a legitimate need doesn't mean that you meet it in an illegitimate way. Let me give you some warnings on this. In James 1, 14, it says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Look, look at Proverbs and... Chapter 7, verse 19, saying, For my husband is not home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. And here's the conclusion. It w he did not know it would cost his life. Did you see that? Listen, when you are trying to meet this any other way, the result is it's going to cost you. It's going to cost your life. It's going to cost your marriage. It's going to cost your family. It's going to cost... Don't fall for the trap of the enemy that says, well, it's okay. No, it's not. It will destroy you. It will kill you. It will hurt you bad. Stay away from it. In fact, men, if, if you want this need met, let me suggest a little something to you. Communicate with your wife. Lead in some romance. Take her out on a date. Buy her some flowers. Flirt with her. Send her text messages throughout the day. Tell her how beautiful she is. Uh, sit and watch a Hallmark movie with her and rub her feet the whole time. There's ways. If you want this need met, what, what I'm saying, saying change your approach a little bit. Maybe just how you doing isn't working. Change it up. Mix it up. Chase after this. Here's the cool thing about this. And, I, and then I'll move on because I'm getting a little red-faced. 
We talk about how a man and a woman is different and how God made us different. Here's the cool thing about how sex, it comes into play. And, and, and it is really how the two become one, how God made it. Men get in touch with their emotions through sex. It's how God made us. Women get in touch with sex through their emotions. In other words, when, they, when there's an emotional attachment, then, then, it, then it does something. And for a woman, then she wants to have sex. And, and for a man, after he's had sex, he is the most emotional vulnerable. It's how God made us, and he links it together so there is an emotional connection that happens through sex. I just think that's cool. And now I'll move on because I'm done talking about it. Let me give you the fourth, the, the third name. And this one is huge. In fact, this is really the number one need of a man. And it's honor. It's honor. In Mark chapter 6, I just want to read you something. It's Christ. It says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his own disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these, get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? And then watch this. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are these not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, in his own house. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. This this scripture, this 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 passage, it amazes me. Because it, it doesn't say he would not do many miracles. He wanted to. It doesn't say he would not, it said he could not. He could do no mighty things, except just a few little things. It's he could not. He he wanted to, but he couldn't and let me let me just just ask you because it said that they didn't have faith they didn't have faith because they didn't honor him and because Christ operated in this realm of faith he could not do mighty miracles in that place why because they didn't honor him so if if dishonor if dishonor affected Christ in what he could do, as the Son of God, 
as a man could do no mighty works because they did not honor him in the same way. Listen, listen, could it be that you're holding your husband back from doing great things because you don't honor him? Honor is vital. In fact, I believe this. It is possible that you are living with a potentially great man that's just not being honored. This is the number one need that a man has. And if you speak to your husband in a dishonoring way, he shuts you out. He just won't hear you. He quits listening. Y'all are getting quiet on me right now. Y'all have either shut me out just for saying it, or it's hurting a little bit. If you speak to him in a dishonoring way, he, he shuts up. He, he just tunes you out. He, he will not... Listen, your, your relationship just becomes estranged at that moment. He has to be honored. It's, it's in the same, same way where, where a woman, last week I, I shared with you that her number one needs security. She needs to feel that the relationship is secure. She needs to feel that she's taken care of, that she's provided for. She needs to feel that security from her, from her husband. And if he speaks to her in an insecure way, if he says, look, look, I don't know if we'll make it. I want a divorce or, or you just need to get out. Any of those terms, she will shut him out because he has, he has just, just severed that need in the same way. It's the exact same thing. If you speak to your husband in an unhonoring way, he tunes you out. He shuts you out at that moment. And, and can I just say, it's not always what you say, but sometimes it's how you say it. And, and, and listen, nothing, uh, nothing justifies an unloving husband. But in the same, nothing justifies an unhonoring wife. Ladies, Ephesians 5 says, is saying, you treat your husband like Christ. That's what it was saying. You treat your husband like Christ. You might, not, you might be saying, but he doesn't act like him. He doesn't act like Christ. Listen, you treat him like it and he'll get there. No, it's true. It really is. You have the ability to create something bigger in him. It is true. Behind every great man is an honoring spouse. You have the ability to create that. What you say, how you say it, it creates that within him. Uh, I had a, a um, shared this before at our church when we were pastoring in Indiana. I had this 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 man who was on my board. He's in his he's he's eighty now, eighty something, I think. Strong as an ox. I mean, the guy's just insane, hard worker. He's the one that whenever we said, "Hey, I think we might want to have a garden," we showed up the next day at her house, and he's. Carrying railroad ties by himself. I'm not kidding. 
laying them down, tilling the, the ground, planted our garden by himself. He's just this hard, hard, extremely hard working man. And I shared this, this, this point with the church, and he came up to me later and he said, You know, she made me that way. She tricked me. Whatever. <laughs> She's always telling me, you are such a hard worker. I'm so proud of you. You are just one of the hardest workers I know. And it just put something in me. I wanted to work harder. Because she made me that way. Ladies, you have the ability to make your husband how... Oh, careful now. Let, let, me, let me word it right so you're not manipulating. You have the ability to make your husband great. I about said you have the ability to make him how you want him. No, that's not true. Don't do that. You have the ability to make him great, but it only happens on how you honor him. It's your job. Listen, listen, here's what he needs. When, when we're talking about honoring, honoring, let, let, me, let me put it this way. Um, guys or, or ladies, men, men, they might act tough, but really we're not. We're not. Not, not emotionally. I mean, we, we might be tough on the outside, but emotionally on the inside, we're really not tough. Men, men are pretty shallow emotionally. Ladies, ladies, they'll, they'll get on the phone or with, with, with their girlfriend or, or talk in person. They'll have deep conversations. Men don't. Men will talk about golf, hunting, outdoors, work. That's about it. We talk about something we want to do, something that's outside, or our job. That's, that's it. We don't, talk, we don't go any farther than that with our conversations. Ladies are different. Ladies, you, you, will, you will have brutal fights verbally with one another. Oh, y'all know it's true. Just tell them how I feel. Yeah, uh-huh. And you felt bad. And we all know it now. Guys don't. Guys don't do this. Guys don't have a verbal knockouts with their, with their friends. They might have a physical fight, but we're not going to have a verbal fight. Here's why. We can't handle it. So, ladies, when you go and you, you start to speak, it's these jabs, these sucker punches. When you, when you tell him, I knew you would be like that. You're just, just like you're... I knew you'd turn out just like your, however it is. I mean, y'all knew you'd mount to nothing. You are verbally just tearing him up. It is knockout punches that he can't take. And when he gets this beat up 
what happens is now he tunes you out. You say, well, his friends razz him all the time. He's not married to his friends. He's not. His friends don't have the ability to make him great. You do. So you honor him. Psalms, Psalms 22, verse 3, it says that, that God inhabits the praises of his people. I love that verse. That God inhabits, what it's really saying is where there is praise to him, he will live there. He inhabits, he dwells, lives in the praises of his people. That's why if you've ever been to a church that doesn't praise him, it just feels dry because his presence isn't there. If they are going through motions and it's real not, really not worship or praise, then you don't feel God there because God will only live and dwell where he's being praised. And, and, and there's a reason for me sharing this with you because in the same way, a man who is created in the image of God, a man will only live in a house where he's praised. You might say, well, well, I don't praise him and he lives here. No, he's sleeping there. Why do you think he wants to go out all the time? Why do you think he has to go out to the garage and work? Why do you think he has to go to work? Why do you think he has to go play golf or go play basketball? Why do you think he's always wanting to be with his friends? Because there he'll at least get, good job, nice shot. That was good. Guys have to be praised. And if you praise him, he'll live there. I told you guys are shallow. Think of it. Think of it. You, you don't see cheerleaders at lady sports too much. But they're at all the guy sports. I mean, you, you have them come out because guys have to be cheered on. They have to be praised a little bit. They, they have to, so I mean, you, you have them at their football games. You have them at the basketball games. You have them at, you have anywhere a guy's playing anything. I'm surprised they're not out at the golf course. But if you praise him, there's something about it that just, it, it begins to honor him. Hey, worship, will y'all come up? Let, let, let me give you one more. It says in 1 Peter 3, 6, that Sarah called Abraham Lord. I like that. My, my wife hasn't done that. Just throw that in. That would be not. No, it's not. Abraham, the father of our faith, had a wife who honored him to that level. You have the ability, you have the ability, ladies, listen, you have the ability to make him a great man. He will rise to the level that you honor him. You honor him here, He's going to stay there.
say, well, he's not where I want him. He's not at this level. How can I honor him? You honor him here, and he'll start getting there. It's his need, and it's vital. I want you to stand with me this this morning and Yeah, I'd share it even if you're not married, it, it works because you are married to Christ. And you'll see all these needs that Christ needs to. He needs to experience some life with you. He, he doesn't just want a, a conversation with you. He wants an experience with you. Where you do life with Him. That you follow Him. That the things that He likes, you like. The things that He does, you want to do. He wants this intimate relationship with you. And He wants to be honored by you. And praised by you. It's a picture, though, of the marriage relationship. And ladies, if you do the same thing for your husband, experience life with him. Do something fun. Do it together. Have that intimate time with him. Honor him. It will change your relationship. And it will be a testimony to others of a picture of Christ and the church that others can see. Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Have a great week and make an impact on those around you.